For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Hockey Buzz Cast on HockeyBuzz.com. And we will start today with Russ, who has something to say. So let's talk about the salary cap in baseball because there is one. Everybody could act like there's no salary cap in baseball. There's just a luxury tax. But none of the big teams are willing to go over it anymore. There's very few. And it's an interesting thing because the Phillies had their press conference yesterday. And one of the things their GM proclaimed was payroll's not the problem. We got plenty of payroll. We're paying out a lot of money. Okay. But payroll was the problem because if you spent more money down the stretch, you'd have made the playoffs. But that's you know neither here nor there. Um, the Mets and Yankees both said, oh, luxury tax isn't a problem. We'll go over it if we find the right player. Somehow they managed to make net some deals and didn't go over it. Right. So fans wonder if their teams aren't willing to go the extra step to spend the money. Don't be shocked when these fan bases start to shrink in your market because people are already annoyed at four-hour games like yesterday, which is four yeah. hours with the yeah. – um, with the Cardinals Dodgers game. Yeah, it was and people are already getting annoyed that their teams are acting like they're spending as much money as they can when they can spend more and won't because they're looking at the bottom line. Baseball was not supposed to be just a business. If it if it were, it wouldn't have all the all the um the safeguards that they do from Congress and everything else. But it's turned into like a corporation and that's another reason why things should be looked at with baseball because it's really it's not being run fairly for the fans who always have to pay for the increases, but yet the teams don't want to spend that extra money, and that's bad. Well, you know, and, and they were talking about this yesterday in the wake of you know, the, early, the early exit by uh, by the Yankees. By the yeah. Yankees. Um, the CBA for Major League Baseball is expired on December 1st. Free agency right. begins in early to mid-November after the World Series. Um, there could be, if there is a lockout, which they expect it to be, these teams could only have maybe two or three weeks to sign players before there's mm -hmm. a freeze on signing, and then they don't know whether, right. uh, you know, when when the season will begin or when the offseason will begin. So, yeah, I don't think teams will sign players, Mike, with until they have an agreement. Like right, and, then, and there right. may not, and there, <coughs> excuse me, there may not be a luxury tax if uh, you know in the new CBA, or it may be completely altered to not have a penalty uh, if there is a, a certain threshold. So it's a different. It could be a completely different landscape for these teams. Okay, let me ask you a question. So if they take away the imaginary line in the sand. Mm -hmm. Do you expect the Yankees to spend more money? I don't think the Mets will go over their number. I think they have an in-house number already anyhow that they don't want to go over. I think that's what all these teams do, but they don't want to say what it is publicly because fans will get mad and people like me will report it. Um, do I think they'll spend more? I don't know. More than this year. More than this year? Yes, I think they would. They would because 
uh, under the old system, they got under the luxury mm -hmm. tax, so it would free them to spend up, spend more. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to go out and spend for a big shortstop. That's what I think they're going to do. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, not to bore everybody with, with baseball and uh, Timothy in the chat. Yes, their season did in, end early because they were they were supposed to win the World Series or at least get to the World Series. And if you spend $205 million, you better effing get to the World Series. That's, that's why their season was a disappointment. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Baseball is, is screwed next year because I don't think they're going to play until at least – june or july i think there's gonna be a long lockout i think it's gonna you know it's gonna hurt the sport but the players are emboldened the yeah. owners want to want to you know whip them down and both sides are not gonna it's gonna be a long time before they agree it's the same story yep. since i was 15 years old and they started having strikes 81 and then you could just count down the line 94 all these stoppages yeah. yeah all the 94 that killed the whole season they've had a bunch of them they managed to get like 10 years apiece and now they're going to have more because you know at the other thing that's come up and we've seen just little things about it when they had the issue with the minor leagues and they said well we're going to do all this so we could pay players more and yeah. make it better and make the games better and everything else, players still aren't really getting paid more. There are players yeah. out there begging for more money in the minors. That's where at least I give the NHL credit because AHL players, you could survive on that salary for the most part unless you live on the West Coast. Then you do have to get three or four roommates because the West Coast is out of control. But in a lot of cities like Lehigh Valley, if you're getting paid yeah. 80 grand, you can get by. That's you fine. definitely, you definitely can problem. in Lehigh Valley, yeah. In Lehigh Valley, you yeah. definitely can. I know I have a daughter who's living in Lehigh Valley right now. <laughs> so. But baseball players, on the average, unless you're a bonus baby, don't get anywhere near that money. No, no, definitely not, definitely not. And and you know, and, and you're only as good as your as your minor leagues. I mean, quite often. I mean, really, I honestly, the truth. And and people, when people forget that, that's when that's when you, it loses so much of its of its magic. You know, to me, like it really does. It just like mm -hmm. you know, I watched the beginning of that game, baseball game last night, just for a little bit of it. You know. I um, mean, you know, just, just, but by the way, the, the, the guy with the giant, giant ball head behind. Yeah, did, you, did you see that? Oh my God. It was so I, freaking crazy. Annoying. I tweeted that out. I says, what is this? The stay puffed marshmallow man was at the, at Dodger stadium. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. I mean, it was just completely ridiculous. Like what? I mean, and, no, and, you, you know, know what that is? I, I, I look at it again, Mike, you sent it yesterday and I didn't think of it. Could that be the Jack in a box guy? Or Carl's Jr. Or it looks like the Jack in the Box guy. Like I Jack in the Box. But I think it's more of like a just a stupid. Um, it was a lady who was wearing it. It was a, it was a woman, and then she took it off after the first inning. Maybe they maybe security. I have a feeling that the people around her had to be completely pissed off about it because it's like you know if you're sitting behind that thing, how are you seeing? You know, what yeah. I mean, like when you watched when yeah, you it's watched. Like, it's like the Bugs Bunny. Do you remember the Bugs Bunny one where he goes, "Excuse me, madam, can you please remove your chapeau?" It's like right, that. right, exactly. I mean, that that's just it's just wrong. I mean, these are people that are paying really good money, you know, in L.A. to be like four or five rows behind. But this behind is the, the craziness end. of the L.A. crowd. Act. There are people there that literally just want to be seen. I don't even know if they care about baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's what that's, 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 like. that's what it felt like. It felt yeah. like something like someone trying to get like an internet meme thing going. Yeah, and I just uh, you know, and obviously it worked because a lot of people did put it out there, like you did, Mike. But it's and it's like, and there it is. Yeah, you can see it. I mean, it's just, and I mean, at first it's funny, like you know, like for a second it's hilarious, you know, like you. For you're a second, yes. And you know, like I, I'm watching it, my son's like cracking up. Darn it! I'm sorry, guys. Um, 
the um yeah they really are uh, for a second it's really really funny and then it's just not you know um and because it's, yeah. it's and uh i don't know i, I really i mean I, I, one, of my, one of my favorite moments during the lockout though happened was definitely not during the lockout but during during the pandemic sorry when when they had no fans is when we had the uh the one mascot sitting in the crowd in edmonton yeah um that was awesome i mean that was just like amazing you know like he was just sitting there you know cheering this this one like i forget what he was but he was like a like you look like a, like a rolled up newspaper or something like that guy. I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of like mascots in weird situations like that. So I don't know. That was, that was good. That was really good. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, we got so much to talk about. Let's get into it. Okay, here we Let's go. We're going to talk today about the Calgary Flames guys and why I think the Calgary Flames could win the Stanley Cup. And I've got a player on the Calgary Flames that I think is going to be the biggest improved shocking player in the NHL this entire season. That's just, that's just a teaser, but I, this guy is going to be a top 10 scorer in the NHL this year. Okay, here we go on the Calgary Flames. That's right. Here we go. Uh, all right, ready? Let's get the date. My dog's going nuts outside. I apologize. I'm all alone today, so uh, if I have to leave with the dogs for a second. Oh. Yes, I have, no one's here. My wife's, my wife's in Seattle. Scouting the Kraken for me. All right, ready? Here we go. <laughs> no, she's not dying the Kraken. Hello, Hockey World. It's Thursday, October 7th, 2021. I'm Michael Lagello, and yes, I have my coffee table. Excellent. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology and Whoopi. <laughs> Adam X, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. You have to start with kind of a sad thing and a crazy thing. Um, not crazy, but just like I don't know, I don't know what what emotions bring bring about. It. I mean, so the Carey Price surprising. is I think it was surprising. Surprising, Carey Price enters the NHL NHLPA assistance program. This is a program, obviously, for people with different different um you know issues with alcohol or substances or things like mental that. Yeah, and um you know mental health too. Yeah, mental health. It can be a lot of different things, right? So it's not necessarily you know, and and it's nice that we don't really know what it is. I like the way the NHL does that. This is what Bobby Ryan went through, but from we remember before a couple years yeah. ago. Um, and uh and his wife, who um you know. I just thought it was really classy today coming out, you know, that that's the way to get, that's the way to get ahead of the internet, you know, like just like put just, just because the internet's evil as we know. And this could have been very evil to carry price because it's Montreal and there are people who love to be evil to Montreal, Mike. Um, and um, that, that um, I, that I was um, really, um, it was really nice to see her just get out there and send and make a statement saying, Hey, you know, we're going through this, you know, this is real. And, we're oh. behind. We're behind Carey Price, and you know other people who go through stuff as well. Like have to know it's okay to ask for help. It's good for our kids to see it's okay to ask for help. I really just did total, she call him Carey Price? No, total respect. <laughs> total respect for her, um, and and the way she did it, and um, and Carey for you know for for going into this situation. Yeah. You know for for what for, this is an embarrassing situation for him. Obviously, the Olympics coming up too. That's another situation for. That's another. It's thing never that, easy, and it, it. You know, I wish it weren't yeah. embarrassing when when it happens because it happens to people in real life every day and nobody knows about it yeah maybe a few people at work maybe a few family members yeah uh, i do think the one thing i'll say is without knowing what it is i think just the pandemic in general has pushed a lot of people out yeah. of their comfort zone to the edge making the day-to-day -day situation a lot harder whether yeah. you're a parent schools all these different things that come into play every day now had been like intensified a thousand times. Like there was no way, like, I'll just say it like this and I'll say it in the third person. Like three years ago, Russ Cohen never thought 
it would be like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and you just have to, you sort of had to just change almost overnight. You did. And, and it's, difficult for people. it's a really difficult thing for people. And, and it's, and you know, in a way, I think, I mean, I always tell people that I think people like us actually had it easier than most because we already had a world that was not super scheduled out. You know, like it, right. a world that has its, that, you know, we have to, we have to sort of, we don't just do the same things every day. We don't repeat the same things. I mean, we do this, but we do this, you know, but and this is what I like yeah. about this, honestly, is the fact that it is something that is scheduled out. But um, besides this, you know, it's just like, we don't know when we're going to post our next story. We're, we're looking for things. We're talking to people. Um, you know, we have the games that, that kind of tie us into schedules as well, but you know, they can be very variable too. I think the, you know, but for people who have like really, and a lot of athletes who are very, much uh you know even though they don't have maybe the schedule that a, a nine to fiver has athletes are incredibly um addicted to a routine and they yes. you know especially top athletes they just yeah. the way you do it, the way you stay in shape like that is by being addicted to routine like i've been told that many yes. times like you know you go to the gym all the time and that's part you know if you don't go to the gym you feel wrong you know it feels wrong so okay this this is the thing we 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 don't know what this exactly is we, you know, um, we're not going to find out unless somebody, unless somebody does an expose and leaks it. So, and I, and I'm, I'm fine with that. He deserves his privacy. His family deserves his privacy. Um, this is, but, and this is the second instance in a year, in a calendar year where a Montreal player, uh, has had uh, a situation, Jonathan Drouin, obviously at the end of last season yeah. with uh, anxiety issues, couldn't play in, at the end of the regular season and through the playoffs. But the, I have to say this, and this is not, you know, not being me being critical of Montreal for the sake of being critical. Montreal is a pressure cooker. It always has been. It always will be. You've had players before the last year, before COVID, that have had issues that off the ice issues that it has derailed their careers or derailed their career in Montreal. So I have to say that yes, maybe the lack of routine, maybe the changes that have had that have happened over the last 18 months were a factor in with Durant and were a factor with Price. But I also think it's possible that that on top of the pressure cooker of Montreal is a factor in some of these players getting derailed. I'll so buy that. I'll buy that with Duran, but I really don't buy that with Price um, because Price. We don't know. We don't price know. Is, is. Price is Price is used to Montreal. Like that's he's definitely been in Montreal long enough. Duran has have has was traded. They they traded a really good player who went on to do really well for Duran. Duran's a French Canadian kid who's under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, if you don't think Carey Price's pressure increased over the last couple of years with him being the highest paid goaltender in the NHL, yeah, especially in that market. Especially when they, yeah, you know, no, there's no question. It's one of the teams that is definitely one yeah. of the toughest markets. And and I agree with you. And they've got two medias covering you all the time. That's the other thing. You know, you have a two complete yeah. medias and the French and the American and the English speaking medias are covering you all the time. Um, the other, but the other thing about this that, you know, and I think this also has been noted that there are players that go into this program all the time in the summer that we don't know about. Um, this right. has happened. And, but with Montreal, you you can't hide it. You know you're not gonna be able to sneak it under the radar. There's well, certain, there, there, there are certain places that well, are being covered. That's because so many of them live there all year round, and they're just that's being covered so intensely. Like you know, yeah. if if a player from Carolina or Nashville or Florida goes into this situation program, or even Philadelphia, I mean, I know two players and two flyers who've gone into this over the years. Well, I'm yeah. sure you do as well, Russ. That are like that. You know that it wasn't reported on, and it was just accepted that we no. weren't going to report on it, um, out of respect. You know, um, and for mm -hmm. some reason, you know, uh, you know. 
it's different, of course, when you do it in the off season, because you do it in the off season, um, you can get away with it. Now the price, the issue with prices, is, you know, he's injured. Could they have just said he's injured? Yeah, but they, he's, there's not, you know, injured guys still are seen around the arena. He's not going to be seen around. Well, the arena. So right. They had to talk about it. Can we can we put two can we put two and two together here in the sense that when all the talk occurred about him potentially going to Seattle, um, could this have been? Well, he needs to get out of Montreal because of the pressure and because of the certain situations. Maybe uh, that was at the heart of like the draw. I, I, I mean, no, I, I, I thought about that too, Mike. But I think that I will say, you know, that the there is weirdness around his injury for sure. The injury that, that, that came up suddenly when it looked like Seattle might actually take him. Um, that I, that I think was weird, and I think that he didn't. He definitely didn't want to go to Seattle. He did it as a as an unselfish move to try to keep jake allen here in montreal there in montreal um right. you know and he thought that it would be like that no one would ever go for it and then the second it became obvious well you are carrie price you just Which that was a big deal that they have them yeah yeah. yeah yeah and and they're fortunate that they did pick up a backup goaltender with some nhl experience in montembleau because yeah. i imagine right now you'd be forcing caden primo with what five four or five games of nhl experience to be a backup yeah. I mean, you know jake allen can't play every night yeah, we do have and, green green, yeah. green just texted me too she's um she's unable to come on the show today unfortunately but um as i did talk to her earlier about this but um she did want to say that you know the prices injuries and constant pain every day are hard on one's mental health and that's that's true you know i mean that's the other thing yeah. too i mean again, you know, again, dealing, with, dealing with his pain is definitely an issue i agree and we again we don't know what the reason why he is in the nhl assistance program i mean it could it could be drugs it could be mental health i i don't care i i just want him to get help you know he yeah. needs it. it's that's what it's there for that's what that's yeah. what, and it should be kept private but yeah. i have to say Without us knowing what it is, it leaves open so much room for speculation in terms of what exactly it is. So, of course, and that will be, and people will speculate with with Montreal maybe more than they would other places. I agree that, that with that kind of thing. Um, you know, there, and I, and that's why I really like what Angela Price did, you know, today by putting that out there because it kind of shuts everybody up, and it's hard to shut up the internet. And I really respect people who understand how to shut up the internet. Because it's so nothing easy. Nothing shuts up the internet. That, nothing shuts up the internet completely. Yeah. But it does make anyone who now is saying bad things about Carrie Price on the internet look like a bit yeah, more of a like jerk, a, like an asshole. Like yeah. A, yeah, more of a jerk than they were before. You know, and and you know that doesn't. I'm not going to say that that stops people because some people just don't mind being jerks. But, um, you know, we've seen that the internet. I've talked to people about it. Um, you know, I have like classic stories about people being jerks to me. And uh, one of the things I used to do in the in the old days when people were jerks to me, I would I would. I would direct message them on the site and I'm like, so what's your phone number? Let me give you a call. And people would freak out and I'm like, why would you call, you know, what are you and I would call them. I would right. just call them up directly. Somebody was like saying total bad things about me. And that, and within well, five seconds, they would be nice to me because people don't, people just have different things when they're posting online. It's like, they don't, they're, they're you know, the message board muscles, I call it just, it's just ridiculous. So well, I, I, I do have to say this since we um, previewed them earlier in the week, the percentage of, the chance of them winning the Stanley Cup or even make up making the playoffs go, has gone down significantly because a we don't okay oh, yeah. say say it's thirty days say it's thirty days and he's back, um, right? You know, getting through the month of October and early November without Price, you know, that's a challenge. If it's longer in that division, they're in trouble. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah, no question. I mean, I mean they're, they're, he's a he's a major reason. You know, he's a difference maker between them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. You know, there's there's just they're, they're, right now in that division. And and Bergevin, Bergevin said the right thing. He says, I, "I'm not worried about Carey Price, the hockey player. I'm worried about Carey Price, the person." You know, right. yeah, he did. Yeah, so he, he handled it right. Yeah, he handled it right. He was. I mean, he was clearly emotional. I mean, but I'm. But you know. Canadians fans have to chill if they're, oh, my God, this is going to cost us a playoff spot. If it's for the well-being of the player, screw your playoff spot. It's more yeah, – uh, yeah. I mean, I don't blame Canadian fans for saying that or feeling that because, you know, there is – I mean, they are fans, and they, they, this this is what – you know, this is definitely a big deal when a player – you know, it's like finding out like Shea Weber was going to miss the season. It's it's hard, you know. it's it's, it's a, yeah. But he's not going to – I don't think Carey Price is going to miss the season. So I think that, you know, and right. in all likelihood, hopefully, you know, it's I mean, it's a 30 days limit, 30 days minimum that he misses, right? So yeah, that's um, where we're going to see what happens. Well, I've got another big story that I don't think getting a lot of coverage got a little last night. Um, but PK Subban started a war now with the New York Rangers. He um he slew footed Ryan Reeves. Reeves was yeah. carried off the ice. That I was weird. I watched that live. I did it live. It didn't look so bad. But when no, you look at the hear, we didn't. He, all we heard was he couldn't put any weight on his left leg, and I didn't hear anything after the game. Russ, did you and they haven't reported anything. I mean, at worst, we know what it could be. At best, it's some sort of sprain. Right. But yeah. Um, ugly, ugly, the way that ugly. Chris Kreider came to his aid and Kreider and, and Subban kept jawing with Kreider. Like Subban, even after the slew foot, was really asking for it. And so Kreider did oblige. And this is another reason why I think they should make Kreider the Rangers captain because when Subban did this, the first person that went over to Subban was Kreider. And right. obviously Kreider didn't uh, – Subban didn't want to like fight at that point or do something like that, but it, eventually it happened. The, the interesting thing here now is with the Devils just starting to be an up-and-coming team, was that smart for P.K. Subban to do that with the Rangers? And I say no because now you have just, like, basically thrown down the gauntlet before the season's ever started. You've got a target on your back, and that could affect his team in certain games if they have to start defending him. Yeah. that That's an issue. Well, if you remember, yeah, Russ, in, in Montreal days, there was that sort of cheapskate reputation that Subban had, and he sort of got away from it because when his skills really came to the forefront in Montreal when he won the Norris and then later on with Nashville. Um, he's in a contract year. You know, he's not going to make nine million dollars going forward. You, I know that. You, I know that you said that he looked better. He looked quicker in the games. That he does he, look a little better. So maybe he right now he's doing almost absolutely anything that he can do to extend his career and maybe that cheap scot to that cheap skate ish quality of his um you know he's he's bringing that back into his game so I mean you know I mean all I know is this I'm sure the executives at TNT were extremely pissed off because they have Rangers Capitals as their opening game, and now there is not going to be the twelve the twelve round bout between Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves because I doubt he's going to be making. Yeah, that that I was kind of looking forward to that too. But I think that the reality here is, um, I watched it live, and as it happened live, um, you know, I mean, there was no sense for the play. It was a senseless play. It did, it did, but it didn't. I mean, resident, honestly, I, I didn't get the, I didn't think it was a cheap play at the time. I'm, and when you see it in no, replay, but when you slow it down, that's how good he is at doing it. When you look at but, it after, you realize after watching it once or twice what yeah. he was up to. 
Well, I think he got tied up with a really with a really strong player. Like when 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 Subban gets in that situation, you know, he's he realizes he's up against Reeves, so he has to be picks up. You know, he realizes he's going to get killed or kill. It's kind of like that kind of thing. And then yeah, but, but, down, if you watched it live, you could hear Subban yelling, "Whistle, whistle, whistle!" Like Subban was yelling for them to stop the play because he knew that he knew he was Reeves was hurt. I don't think he because he knew he knew his Reeves was hurt because he did it. But I don't think he intended. Why didn't he say after the game it was a mistake then? He didn't. Well, it's a mistake. Of course, it's a mistake. But because he says he, 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 he ended up hurting him, but I think that. it was. I think it was. I think it was. It's a mistake whenever you you know, and that's just the way PK is. I well, mean, but, but you could say at your press conference, did we hear any quotes from PK Subban? I haven't seen anything yeah. that said, "Hey, I'm sorry, Ryan Reeves got hurt. That was not intentional." Yeah, Cor- say Corey Corey Perry came out after the incident with John Tavares in the playoffs last year and said, uh, yeah. "I know John. I'm friends with him. Uh, you know, we played the we you know yeah. both won tonight. You know, he says I I didn't he obviously he didn't do it per, on purpose. I you know and and he said you know I, it was an accident. It made me sick to my stomach. All the things the right things to say and it was true because he I don't think he did do it on purpose. Even though Corey Perry has a reputation, PK, I watched it five times. I thought he did it on purpose." I thought he should. I think he should get suspended, but he's probably not going to be because it's a preseason game. I don't think it's a preseason game. I just, I just don't think it's that obvious. I mean, it, 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 it looks to me like a. I don't know. I, I, to me, I saw it as a battle, like a battle between. And he, Subban knows he's he's not as strong as as you know as Reeves is anymore. Well, right, right, but the, okay, think about what you're saying. He knows he's going into a corner with Ryan Reeves, and he knows yeah. that he's not as strong as him. So what does he do? He undercuts him. He does that purposefully because he knows he can't beat a mano a mano in a strength battle in the corner. Uh, I don't know when him. when he but when I don't know. I'm I, I, I listen. You can interpret anyway. Didn't think it was on purpose. Gerard yeah. Galan said he, yeah. he didn't think it was malicious. It really didn't look malicious. And 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 Subban's reaction right after it happened was real concern, like, not like, you know, not like I got you type thing, you know, like it, he stayed right with Reeves. He stayed with Reeves until his other players got there, even yeah. helping him. He's I, not, I he's, not gonna, he's not going to stand over him or step over him like an NFL player. No, it was legitimate. Reeves, no, Reeves is legit. I mean, it was legitimate. Subban was legitimately upset and, and, and worried okay. about him. Well, I mean, was. I mean, it, I, I, there's no way of, I really, no way of no. yes, I, I got the impression that it was done on purpose. I did too. I mean, I can't tell you that that was just the everyday getting your feet tangled kind of thing because, you know, I just think it's odd that it happened to be with a player like Reeves. The, you know, Gallant says he doesn't think it's serious. Okay, that's fine. But I'm still not seeing in anybody's article a quote from Subban saying, hey, it's not what I meant to do. Now, I know he did speak. But I don't know know if he said that. Well, did he say it was a mistake? I mean... Mike said you saw it. Here's the comment. I got it. So I just went into the corner and tried to make myself big. Obviously, I tried to go in there and brace myself. My leg was still on the ice, kind of dragging a little bit, and his leg sort of buckled. It's a tough play in the preseason. You try and go out there and play and get your reps and know that you know you don't want to get too hurt or banged up. He's an important player for their team and a guy that I know. It's unfortunate, and I hate to see it. Obviously, you saw my reaction. When it happened, just trying to help. I hope it's not too bad. It's unfortunate. So okay, he did at least say that. Yeah, that's that that's that's a that's a. I mean, that's kind of an apology. I mean, it's not not a direct apology, but you know, it's, it's not. It's it, no, like Mike said, Corey Perry's was 
was more than this. Corey Perry, uh, yeah, but, but Corey Perry's was also like a definite. Like Corey Perry's skating by and doesn't and doesn't avoid him. Like, well, I mean, this was a battle between two players. This is a different like situation. Like, and his leg and Reeves' leg does buckle. If it's not serious, that's amazing because it looked incredibly serious. Um, and I think that um, and I just think that what Subban said there is the right thing to say. I, I, there have been certain what, things what that I, really I, bothered I, me in preseason about. He this didn't kind of quite thing. fully say it though, Eck. Like you said initially, he didn't fully yeah. say it. All he basically said was, "It's unfortunate." And it made me sick. But again, that's, you that's, still did it. Yeah, but no, no, he's got a battle. On. He's got a battle with a player. He's he's got to go in there and battle for the got a battle for the puck. I mean, he's saying he's got to go in there and make himself big because this is I Ryan don't think Reeves. He needed to lift his leg the way he did. I do think it was extended more than the average. The way Reeves' knee got bent backwards was more than just battling. To me, and I watch a lot of battles on the corners. The mm -hmm. other the other thing is, um, he said he was kind of shocked, Subban that Kreider did what he did. And I'm shocked that he would say that he was shocked. Well, he was shocked. Like, and I think it's because he, because, because he, at the time, right away, Subban, Subban showed it wasn't, he was like, it's not malicious. He's trying to get the attention of the referee to stop the play. And he's and he stay and he stays right with Reeves and talks to him and says, are you, are you okay? Are you, you know, what's going I'm sorry about, you know, based on, no, no, I don't know if he says, I'm sorry, but he's like right there with him. He didn't say he's sorry. He well, whatever said he, he said at the time to Reeves, we don't know, but he looked like he was really right. very, very sorry about it, that it happened. And he's talking and he really was talking to Reeves, you know, I hope you're okay. I hope you're okay. You know, that kind of, and I just think it was a battle. I, I, I don't know. And it's one of those things in slow motion looks a lot worse than it does for sure. See, here's the weird thing too. Then later he says, I think you guys knew that wasn't my intent. Maybe it's a difficult situation. Maybe. Yeah, that's, See, that I don't think that's that's uh that's the hockey akin to if i if i uh if i upset anybody i apologize that's not an apology exactly that's exactly what it is it's not right. i mean exactly i'll give you that he's not is. he's not very good at apologizing no i don't think i don't think i don't think it was an intentional to try to hurt the guy if there's one person that i know that i know has the commun communicative skills uh, you know, requisite to make an apology in the NHL. It's PK Subban. He's got a career in broadcasting going forward. So I mean, he said, "Legs get legs get caught up and things happen." I just try to play the game fair. Okay, PK. Yeah. Like, who's horse buying that crap. one? Horse crap. Oh, like know. seriously, Ed, who's buying that one? I, I'm buying that one. I'm sorry, I am. I mean, I, I think that Reeves is a big physical player, and you're going to go in against him. Right, you but that, be ready to go in against him. You can't. You can't go in there like pussyfooting around. Heck. Him being a big physical player does not give P.K. Subban the carte blanche to slew foot him. No, if, he intent, if, he, if, he, if he if he legitimately intended to slew foot him, I agree with you 100%. But I think it was more of a battle that where he ended up slew footing him. And I think that that's, that's just how it yeah. looked. I mean, I don't know. We never know. It's an opinion. It's an opinion either way. So let me ask you this. Zach. In, in yeah. his first year with the Devils, when he was a little bit better of a player all around, um, he had 79 pins. Did he do that as a clean player? Were they all clean? Oh, no. I'm not going to sit here and say PK God, no. PK Subban is a clean player, but I also don't well, think. Well, that's what he said. I also, he said he no, I don't think. He's, no, I don't think he's a malicious hurt. Try to hurt guys, player. I mean, there's a difference there. Uh, there's a difference in guys who try. I mean, you know, like we've seen players who try to hurt people. Kadri, whatever, tries to hurt people with with hits. Sometimes I haven't seen Subban try to hurt people like that's not his See, there, I mean, there, but I'm, I'm not going to say he's not going to take little hacks at guys for there, sure. there's a Here, here's a here's a quote from the chat room this is good ecstasy design says legs got caught up and things happen sounds like my ex trying to explain something 
It's spelling and cheating. There, there's, there's, there's a difference between Kadri and Subban. Subban, uh, Kadri is, is stupid. He doesn't learn his lessons from doing what he did three times in a row in the playoffs and hurting his team. Subban is calculated. I think Subban knows what he's doing. I think he knows you know, what, he, what he's doing with his body, where he's positioning things, and he's going into a corner with Reeves, and he knows I can't win physically in this one-to-one battle without undercutting him, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I don't know. I don't so anyway. Know. I, 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 really, I really just don't agree. I mean, we're just going to have to agree. I mean, I really just, I just – I do think that, you know, it, it, it is terrible. There's just, some in the chat room that believe Subban, but more believe the other way. That's yeah, I mean, say. Subban has this more more. You know that if you put something out there, he has again, a reputation against Subban, like he he's going people are going to jump on Subban because they he's an easy guy to jump on. He's been he's been a bad player for many years now. He's been has he struggled, you know, like that. He's he's a cocky guy. People mean, definitely hold on. If Subban went through a game and just was bad at his play, nobody would say anything. They're only talking about him because of this play, right? I don't know. Anyway, so th- there's some other injury news that I think is uh, that we we should talk about. Yeah. Uh, first one is Quentin Byfield, Russ, uh, who uh, is out indefinitely yeah. with a fractured ankle, and this is a fairly big blow to the Kings because I think they expected him to sort of step up after his, you know, playing a, a little bit of, as an 18, 19 year old. Uh, so I don't know. They said indefinitely, so who knows how long it's going to be? Yeah, I mean, a fractured ankle. Maybe you see him a little at the end of the season, but. That's that's pretty much a close to a full season injury. Luckily, they have a lot of centers. Like they they can endure it. But I just feel bad for the development of his career because he really, yeah. I think he would have had a nice year this year, and it kind of sets him back. But and he looked really good back. in that game I mean, too. I watched that stuff. game. I watched the game going up to it. He was, he was really getting his he was really getting his confidence. You could see as it was going. That really yeah, does. I'm thing. Sure. Um, the other one was uh, the the uh, diagnosis came out on Colin White out four to six months yeah. with dislocated shoulder. So he's going to have to have surgery. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he can't, he can't buy a break. He can't stay healthy. And, and no. you, you pair that together with the impasse and we won't talk about it, but the impasse with Kachuk, which hasn't gotten any better. Uh, the, the, the senators did get to the cap floor by, I think overpaying a little bit on Tyler Innes, uh, 150. They, they paid him 900,000 on a one-year deal, and I guess that gets him to the cap. Uh, it gets them yep. to the cap floor. So, um, get rid of the problem for now. Right. So, but you know, I mean, I think it's a, it, it's definitely a problem if it takes them that long. I mean, the longer this goes, it's the the bigger the problem it is for. You, for- you want to know the easy answer? There's a very easy answer to this. They didn't have to sign Tyler Innes. They could have simply met or got close to Kachuk's demands and brought him in. By them doing this means they're okay with waiting this out. Yeah, they want That's they want they want him locked up on a seven or eight year deal, and he doesn't want he wants the same deal. It sounds like Russ as his brother in Calgary, and they don't want yes. to see that. Right. So they signed this player to just satisfy the league, and now they're okay with waiting. Like that's what that tells me. Yeah, and, I think you're right. And the uh, the other injury, which it, it's funny because there's been a lot of goalie situations out there. Pavel Francouz gets hurt again in Colorado. Yeah, that that's awful because, I mean, it's like if I watched the game the other night with Vegas and Colorado, and um, but by the way, I'm really loving what the NHL is doing now with, um, you know, in these preseason games by playing them all in the mornings again, like in, in shortened versions. It's just great to have on. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I love having it on and just while I'm I hope they didn't rebroadcast the Islander game, Russ. 
They didn't. Uh, they did not. They couldn't. There wouldn't be a feed that you could read. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Was... But, they, but, I, but Fransu was like, he looked great in that game. I'm like, holy cow. Like, the, the, you know, I'm I'm thinking this team's going to be in really good shape because honestly, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I think that, you know, I think that they made it. They made some good moves. And, they, and, have, and they have to be careful about overplaying Kemper because we know Kemper. I know. I know. And, and, obviously, Fransu gets hurt a lot, too. Um, that that so, means that either means that Jonas Johansson is going to get some work, and he was he is he's going to get work, or or they pick somebody off of waivers. Maybe they claim uh, your favorite Aaron Dell or us. Okay, so I don't let's know get how into the Aaron Dell. Wait a second. I don't know how fancy you got hurt. First of all, but the one I thing I wanted either. one thing I wanted to say is this, and I think it was I think this is how he got hurt because when I watched that game, um, in the preseason, I have seen more than any other preseason I can remember, guys not having much regard at all for the goalies like like guys coming in on breakaways or guys coming in on different you know and just like you know running over goalies i mean just it, well, you know, uh, um a montreal player i it was either the the preseason game against Mont no it was, it was against montreal uh hmm. the canadians player pushed the leaf defenseman into jack campbell on purpose yeah, I mean, I, I'm. It's, it's just, it's amazing. Like you know, there's a lot of speed. There's a lot of guys trying to make it or whatever. So you get these, you get, you get guys coming around, and some of the goalies are just sitting there like. And Sam, Bennett, Sam Bennett wasted Vasilevsky. I know he wasted that, and, and I've seen there's this total disregard right now for goalies, and it's like the I love this like this cross checking crackdown, and yet guys are allowed to like just steamroll franchise goalies. Like it's just yeah, it's, I, I, I agree with that. I think what's going on is I've noticed. Way more pileups going way too long because the refs either can't see the puck or afraid to whistle the puck dead. And I think we're seeing these prolonged fights in the crease and they're not doing anything about it. They're not policing it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's a real it's a big it's a big problem. It really is. And and this is like this is the preseason, you know. Like I, I don't in the preseason you didn't you usually didn't see that, you know, like you didn't see like, but I've seen like and I, there were twice that that the net and Fransu were knocked over in that game, you know? So I'm, I can't imagine it may have been in one of those situations. I mean, one time they were out there looking at Fransu after he got hit, after he got hit. So I imagine that could have been what knocked him out. I, you know, but we don't, there's no really excuse for goalies and nets to be flying off right now. I mean, to me, that's just like, right. you gotta be able to control yourself a little bit more than that. I mean, in the regular season too, but right now, my God, that's just, well, I, you have, you have to factor this in, into it act. Uh, especially with the preseason, the way it was scheduled this year. For example, uh, uh, Toronto was playing Ottawa and, and Montreal three times. Uh, Florida is playing Tampa a bunch of times. They're cutting down on travel uh, in, in these preseason yeah. matchups, and they're usually playing teams in their own division. Right. When that's the case, especially like Florida, Tampa, where yeah. they have an eight on for each other after the playoffs, yeah. there's going to be stuff like that. They're going to run goalies. They're going to have. There's going to be fights. Yeah. There's going mean, to be. I ask, yeah, I do have to ask a question before we break down Arundel one last time. Um, <laughs> why do people think that Pierre Maguire has something to do with these negotiations in Ottawa when he's yeah. been signed to be a player development guy, which yeah. has yeah. nothing to do with contracts and nothing to do 
with yeah. the NHL players. This, Why do people yeah. think this? Because 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 Pierre is easy to hate, and that's the focus. Then this has nothing to do with Pierre. It has to do with Pierre Dorian and Eugene Melnick, and it has, with, it has to do with the Kachucks and their I think suspicion of the direction of the Ottawa Senators organization. They don't feel comfortable marrying themselves to that team for eight years. They're saying we're skeptical. Okay, we'll take three years and we'll see where it where it goes. And after three years, if they're still a crap hole organization, then he's going to say, "Get me the hell out of here." Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's that I don't think that it's um that he's easy to hate, Mike. I think it's more I think it's much more along the lines of, and I mean there are definitely people who he is the he is like one of those you know you either hate hate, hate him or love him type guys, but exactly. but you know he's definitely he's definitely a you know that kind of that you know powder keg type person, but. Um, as far as the NHL goes, but really, I think the big thing when I talk to Ottawa people who have asked me about it, because I get people who say, "Yeah, where is he?" And I've said the same thing you said, Russ. But I've also, but they're all the thing about him. At least he always had an opinion, you know. And the problem with problem with Ottawa is that they don't have they don't communicate well with their fans at all in the first place. There, there's no like, I mean, they're mad at you know Dorian doesn't, obviously Melnick doesn't. I mean, you know, the um, so it's like when you sit there and they everybody kind of expected, well, at least you know Pierre will go in there and he'll kind of tell us what's going on a little bit. And he's, of course, can't because he can't say anything. And that's a weird – That's I think that's coming off weird to people with him right now. That's why it's, it's Maybe. Just okay. Odd. That's fair. So let's talk about Arundel. Two years ago I said he couldn't play. He still can't play. And now it's been decided once again he can't play. Eck, please defend him. Go ahead. I'm not going to offend Arundel. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think – I don't think – I don't think – I think his time is up. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not – I, you know – Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, cause last year you were kind of iffy. You were like, on the I mean, I, I, there are times when I've been impressed with Aaron Dell. He has had some good games in the NHL. I'm more of a Grice guy than, Oh, no, this was years ago, three, four years ago. Sure. Yeah. But I'm saying that, you know, like sometimes people like, I think sometimes people get confused. Like I, Thomas Grice, I think is, is, is really pretty good, but still, but I think that Aaron Dell, I'm no, I don't buy that. Okay. I don't buy it. All right. Um, let's get into the Calgary flames. Okay. Because the Calgary flames are, a uh, fascinating team. And I'm going to reveal to you today, if you haven't done your draft yet, your hockey draft yet, the guy you should be drafting because the guy I think is going to have the biggest uptick in points from last year. And, and you know, I mean, just points per game, if you want to call it, because everyone's going to have an uptick in points, but points per game that we haven't seen. The guy who I think is incredibly potent, but uh, let's start with them. Um, let's start with, so this, this team basically, they made, they lost some key players, of course, in the, in the, you know, in the offs, you know, they lost the, you know, they lost Giordano, which is, enormous um he's their he was their captain he was the defensive stalwart um you know that really that definitely does hurt um i like the addition of blake coleman a lot because he gives them somebody you know again he gives them a little more grit a little more i mean not that this is a team that lacks grit because they are there if you watch the jets calgary game last night that was, that was like a regular season late like regular season physical game well you have um, to you have to remember here act this is a yeah. daryl sutter team and the moves that they yeah. made for right. season were conducive to daryl uh, d- you know, what daryl sutter wants to bring oh, definitely eric branson same and this is this is definitely one of these this is a um trevor lewis trevor lewis yeah uh yeah um you know obviously you know zadora i think they picked up some really interesting players and I, I love Sutter as a coach. You know, obviously he's going to make them better. He's going to he he does come in. He does make an impact right away. Like it or you know don't like it. You know you are cashing in some some chips when you bring in Sutter. He is going to make moves that are going to show players as as they are. 
Um, some players will not, you know, it's not, it's not a slow burn with, with Sutter, you know, it's going to be, they're going to, they're going to do this quickly. He's going to be doing everything he can quickly. Um, and he's going to make sure that they're, that they're there, that they're physically there all the time. Um, and you can see it, you know, I mean, Matthew Kachuk, Sean Monaghan, and these are, I mean, these are obvious, these are the obvious players, you know, you look at, I really have been impressed. Um, Goudreau, he was, he's hurt though right now, I think a little bit, but he will, I think he'll be back from what I understand. It's not a major thing. Um, but the guy that I really want, and, and I've always liked this guy, but I really think that, that the guy, this is the guy that people have to remember. I uh, guess, can you guys guess who it would be? Who I'm talking about Mangiapane. There you go. Yep. Andrew Mangiapane, I think is going to be a top 10 score in the NHL this year. Now that I know people are going to be, yes. think I'm crazy, yes. but That's I crazy. honestly, they know you're crazy by saying love this kid. I, 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 I think that when I watch him play, every time I watch him play, he does something else that amazes me. He, you know, was the, if you remember the world championships last year, the, he, he was the player of the tournament. Um, the most valuable player in the entire tournament. It was sure, seven it was goals in seven games. There. I know seven goals, seven games. There were still some good players there. I'm not saying that, you know, but, but this is an undrafted guy. You know, this is like a really interesting story. Um, I, I guess he was picked in the sixth round, but he wasn't drafted the first time around. Um, so he is absolutely um, one of these guys who he just has an it factor to me that is that is uncanny. And I heard the other day somebody, some one of the um, Calgary announcers talking about him too. On and I was like, oh, finally someone's tossed this thing because I was I knew I was going to talk about him. I knew he was going to be the guy when I got to Calgary. But um, the the Calgary guy who says, you know, he's heard, you know, that when Canada when Canada announces their you know fifty prospects for the Olympics that. Mangiapane is going to be on that on that list. That's pretty impressive. I mean, probably the only player maybe that's on that that's on that list from the Calgary forwards. He is, you know, he's ready. I think to break out. I like the he's on the top line. Obviously, he's getting lots of scoring, but he just has like a a really nice um, it factor to him. He's, and he's very smooth, very smooth player. He's feisty. He's feisty. He just does. Right, I, I just he's, want to point out something though. Yeah. If he were to be in the top 10, and we can't count last year because it's a short season, so we'll count two years ago. Yeah. Number 10 was Jack Eichel with 78 points. So you're telling me Andrew Mangiapane now is going to get 78 points this year. Yes, I am. I am. You're high. No, I, I, <laughs> Please continue. I, I could be wrong, but I, I just have this really – I really think, um, you know, he is absolutely – the, I mean, he's going to be playing like, you know, like they're saying, like Randy's saying in the, in the chat room, who's our, one of our Flames guys for sure, um, known as Flamester to all of us. Um, he's playing, going to be playing with Monaghan and Gaudreau. Um, he's going to put up points, and he absolutely he, – he, and he's one of those guys, if you're paying attention to Monaghan and Gaudreau and you're not paying attention to Mangiapane, you're in trouble. I mean, this guy – He could get 55 points. He's not getting 78 points. Yeah. The only, the only player on that team that could get 70-plus points – I think in a bounce back year is Matthew Kachuk, uh, and right. that, that, that and that might be pushing. Pani's better. Just listen to that. Go ahead. No, I I think I think raw offensive skill he is better. Um, and, and I'm not saying now. Listen, I'm not saying I'd rather have Kachuk for a lot of reasons. Okay, I'm talking. I'm just talking about points. Just talking about points. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and I knew people would think I was crazy. And I believe me, it's not. It's not like you know. I'm Mr. I, Outlier. I'm, but I'm, I'm. You watch the kid play. I mean, oh, we, when you walk out on a ledge and 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 people are going to think you're going to jump, there it's going to appear crazy. Of course, people were going to think it was crazy. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, Eck. I like him as a player. He's a really good player. Yeah, he's a, he's he's entertaining. He's feisty. He he's an overachiever. But at a certain at a certain point, you know, yeah, okay, Randy, please, you know, Flamester, I love you, man. But no, you're 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 you're. Uh, we don't see Calgary enough, guys. We don't see. I see, I, I saw Calgary nine he's times. on the regulation. I saw them yeah. nine times last year. So I saw I saw them. Okay. And I and, and, and I like Mangiapani as a player. It does that doesn't mean he's gonna lead the flames in scoring and, and beat out like uh, guys like uh, uh you know Patrick Kane in the scoring race. Come on. Top ten, top ten. I mean, I don't I'm not saying he's gonna beat out Patrick like Kane. Like two years like in 2019-20, Jonathan Huberto had 78 points. So now Andrew Mangiapani will have more points than that. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, it, it. Listen, I know it doesn't. Every every year, so every year, every year, we see players do this kind of thing. Like a player progresses. There's always one player in the NHL who does something that was beyond what we all thought, and we always laugh at the person for saying it right now. That that not was in fun. the top ten, not in the top well, ten. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Same right. guys. Hold on. Let me read you a list from 1920. Dry <laughs> McDavid, Pasternak, Panarin, McKinnon, Marshawn. Kucherov, Kane, Matthews, year 1920. I thought you were going to start from there. I'm like, this will take no, a while. No, but these are the same guys. You could... They're the same guys. I know. I know. I know. Is there are. anybody in there that's surprising? No. No, last year, I mean, and, and this is the other thing, too. Like, I mean, these shortened seasons are different. Okay, so, but 82, games, 82 games, I just, I think that, you know, a couple of those guys get hurt. A couple of those guys miss a bunch of games. I, you know, if it is absolutely possible that this kid, um, who is like, you know, I mean, who at one point, you know, for, for two seasons in, in, you know, in Erie and in the minors put up 110 like points. Barry. What? Barry. Barry, right. Put up 110 points a season. You know this, Russ. Yeah, I mean, right. this is like serious stuff. People okay. don't put up 110 points without being skilled players okay. in that league. Okay. Two years. Oh, oh really? Really? Like, like, um, Alexander Dague or well, everyone Pavel, Dague. Um, Dague Pavel Brendel, who put up like 140 something points. You're picking the two biggest busts of all time. Oh, but I mean, it does happen. But most of the guys, the percentage of 100 point guys in that league that do well in the NHL. Danny Rusin had like 120 points. Yeah, Russ, but do more them, guys man. with 100 plus points do I'm well in the NHL? I'm going to lose my voice over this. Do more, do more players with 100 plus points in the OHL do well in the NHL or do they do badly? There's there's been a number of them that there's yeah. busts always, but more of them do pretty there damn well. There's been a number of them that have basically made a blip on the NHL screen. So you know it it that it, doesn't translate. I mean, there are great players who uh, who had 100 points, and there are players that never did a thing that earned 100 points. Now this is the thing. Okay, two years ago he had 32 points in 68 games. That's right. under point. That's under right. point five points per game. Last year he had uh, thirty, the same amount, thirty-two points in fifty-six games. Right. That's what about point six five six six? Yeah, but now he's you're playing. Talking, you're talking about that jumping from point five to point six to one point oh. Now he's playing with Monahan and Gaudreau. Now he's playing for Sutter, who oh loves him. Sutter, Sutter loves him. Sutter, Sutter it, 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 make, it makes a difference if the coach loves you when you're as far as your point totals go. Okay, first of all, he's not a he's not a big player. I mean, yeah, it's, not, it's not about being a big player with Sutter always. It's about being a, a heart player. Like he, right, right, they but, have the same they have the same mentality. This kid has the same mentality as, as Sutter, and that I, Sutter loves him. I've been told this. Here, here's friend, here's friendly. We'll bet four cookies on this one. I think he will not eclipse sixty points. All right, sixty points. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely go there. Um, 
because I think, you know, I think 70, 75 points, maybe, you know, somewhere right. in that range. Right. Sutter loved Jeff Carter, but he never got over 65. He never got over 67 points during his era with the Kings, when he, even when he was healthy for like three years of it. It's always good to bring up Jeff Carter. As an, it's always good to bring up Jeff Carter as an example of character, Russ. I mean, that's like because well, he played under Sutter and he had thirty-two goals. For I know, Sutter. but he, I know, it's not but like he. Mangiapane's going to rack up. You're expecting Mangiapane now to either get thirty-five goals or like fifty-something assists. Yep. To get that kind of point total. Yeah, I think I think the goals will be higher, but I think that I think then the assists. I mean, I think I'm going. I'm if I was to lean more towards like it would be like a thirty-five goal thing. Yeah, something like that. They're, they're, you know, I mean, I, that's I mean, that's just that's just listen. Well, okay, look, uh, so my guy, and he and he is he is going to be. And the other thing, the other subtle move that they made, okay, Markstrom is a great. I think Markstrom's going to be back. I think Markstrom's going to be back in in full. Till I, I really think Markstrom. Fine, I don't disagree with that. And um, and the pick picking up Darth later, as I like to call him. Um, he is he's a really good backup. Like this is the this is a guy he's who excellent. He's terrific. This is a, he is really good, right? I mean, he and he's just, I mean, watching him play. Whenever I've seen him play, I've been super impressed. Um, mm -hmm. What last night against Winnipeg, he was really outstanding. Like he made some, he, he just looks like he's a starting goalie in the NHL. So when you have two goalies like that, that is huge. I mean, that they have two guys out there who can absolutely, and and in that division, which is weak, as we know. Well, um, let's say let's say this: they're they're going to need Vladar to play probably. I would say 25 to 30 games. Is he capable of doing that? Based on what we've seen of him in limited amounts with the Bruins, I think he yeah. might be capable of that. But I think it's going to be a good stretch in the AHL, too. He was a solid right. AHL goalie, too, Correct. at yeah. a young age. Yeah. Well, what, what, what's really going to be important for this team, I think, and they're not winning the Stanley Cup, but could they make the playoffs in that week? Okay, first of all, they're in a pathetically weak division, the worst division in the NHL, the Pacific. And if, if, Ed, if Edmonton is guaranteed a playoff spot in the Pacific, then you know it's a bad division. Um, I take, I take, I take uh, this, and here's the other thing I'll say, and you're going to totally think I'm crazy for this, but I don't think they're, I don't think this division is as bad as people say. That, oh, say my that. God. There is the oh. Yeah, this, because I think what you people are not taking into account Vancouver is horrendous. We're not taking into account Vancouver and Calgary doesn't suck. And it's like, there are, there are, you know, I, I grant, I'll give you the California teams and LA is getting better, but the yeah. other California teams, I'll give you San Jose who on, um, by the way, is, is definitely, is definitely the, is definitely um, in on Eichel. That's a little yeah. thing I wrote earlier today, just well, as a rumor side. We'll talk about that in a second, but you've got an expansion team, which I don't care, you know, how many good players they pick their expansion team. And you've got two of the, two of the five worst teams in the league in San Jose and Anaheim. LA is, is up and coming, but they just lost Byfield, and that's going to hurt them a little bit. A little. Uh, Calgary's got Calgary's got flies on them. Edmonton's got flies on them. The only really solid team in this division is Vegas. <laughs> you know, Vancouver, I think, is improved. So I think you know you're probably talking about any combination of Vegas, Edmonton, and Vancouver with Calgary challenging for a wild card spot. Um, I think the the big thing for them is getting bounce back years from Kachuk. Monahan, Goudreau, which is a lot to ask for. Of all Every three, team though. has to have a bounce back year. Team well, Blake, Blake Coleman and Manji Park, they've they've got us. Their they, they, their top six isn't 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 awful. Okay, they've, you want to talk about their awful defense, or do you yeah, want us to do? They lost their. I don't care if he was thirty-seven. <laughs> they lost. Are you give you that, Russ? Give you that. <laughs> In two consecutive years, they lost their best defenseman. 
They yeah. lost EJ Brody last year. I know he was a that was a love hate thing with with Calgary. Sure. He played great in Toronto last year, and they lost Giordano in the expansion draft. Now your number one defenseman is what Noah Hannafin. No, it's listed as him, but no, I mean, I, I I think I think at the end of the day, believe it or not, I, I'm I think one of their top two defensemen by the end of the season will be Valamaki, who I think is, is actually. No, Valamaki is terrific. I don't and he, he's, he's listed as their sixth, fifth or sixth defenseman right now, but I don't see that being the way it goes. What I'm saying is, as is currently constituted, you know, their defense might be a problem. They have three good defensemen, three, you know, three dependable ones. Um, we don't know, you know, Branson is a bottom pairing guy at best. Now, Russ, he's definitely a bottom pairing guy. He's a, he's a solid bottom pairing guy. I, I don't he's think a, he's a bottom pairing guy at best. I think he's a solid he's bottom, a bottom pairing guy. He's a bottom pairing guy, but he's a solid bottom pairing guy. But no, but Russ, the two guys. I mean, one is Valamaki. Uh, I know Jeff Merrick talked about him uh, this the, uh, on the his show on Sports. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Jeff Merrick show. Okay. Did not hear that. Yeah. No. On well, he talked about Oliver Shillington who he okay. said is having a great camp right now and, you know, has always been a really good skater. And if you pair him with somebody, you know, that f fits his skill set, that he could have a really big year. So if, the, yeah, if he could, I don't think he's going to have a big point here. I, I don't see no. him as an offensive defenseman. That he'll add some points, but he is a good puck mover and he is a really good skater. So there's definitely room for him in this league, but when yeah. next I'm talking about the cup thing, I'll talk about a couple of their prospects. No, I'm, I'm pretty much done, Russ. I mean that that I mean that that is my. I mean I think that I think Branson is a solid. We're not making the playoffs in my estimation. Well, Russ, you, just we already took. We did talk about Calgary yeah. prospects before. We Zeri and uh, and the uh, I can't remember uh, the other one, but we we well, already. I'll bring up. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Give I don't us. think I brought up Jeremy Poirier. I want to bring him up for a reason. Yeah, I spoke when, when I was in Pittsburgh. I spoke to a scout, right, and I said. I like Jeremy Poirier. And what the scout said to me, I said, but I felt like he got unfairly uh, pigeonholed for being a terrific offensive defenseman, terrific skater, but uh, not being great defensively, right? And, you know, the scout, what they basically said to me was, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying where, you know, tell me what you do great, don't talk about the other stuff, because it's what a guy – does great that will actually get him to the NHL. Yeah. And it's true. It's like we could talk all day about the negatives about Keith Yandel, but it's still those few positives that keep him in the NHL. And and Jeremy Poirier is the same way. And I'm not saying he's Keith Yandel, but I'm saying he's got really good offensive ability, really good mm -hmm. speed, can run a power play. And so based on that, I think he has an excellent chance of making the NHL. Will he ever be a good 200-foot player? No. But I think teams sort of gave up on him because they were like, you know, we just don't want to deal with another guy that we have to like sort of make better defensively. And I think Calgary took on the challenge. And I think while it may take another two to three years, I think it'll be worth it. Because, yeah. again, in the end, you spend most on offensive defensemen who could put the puck in the net and score some points. And so when you could draft a guy that you think there's a good chance – that he could make it, why not? And they and they got him somewhere in the second round, I think. Yeah. No, it's really – I mean, people also want you to talk about Matt Coronado. Oh, yeah, Coronado. Um, Coronado, again, early in the year last year, I was trying to talk to people about Coronado, just people like who like prospects, and they didn't want to hear – actually, they got Poirier 72nd overall, so even better. 
Okay, um, right. They didn't want to talk about Coronado. They're like, ah, eh, whatever, right? It was the same thing yeah. as Provorov years ago. And then, yeah. you know, middle of the season, I'm like, hey, this kid Coronado still lead the USHL. I spoke to him a few weeks ago. The kid's got a lot going for him. And it was like, yeah, yeah, there's something there. Yeah. And then by the end, about two weeks before the draft, like, you know, a scout tells me, I love the fact that he has great work ethic and he's got an engine that never stops. And he is a really good skater and he's got a great shot. <laughs> and the fact that he told me he could, he's just as comfortable on the left side or the right side does give him a better chance than some others to make it to the NHL because yeah, it's, sure. you know, we always say, hey, you know, play one of the wings. It's not the easiest transition. If you're like, I'm, you know, if you're a right winger, but you never played left wing, it is kind of a shock to play left wing. I mean, we've seen guys act that have tried to play that position and, and the angle and the way you have to play yeah. off the wall. Oh, yeah. It's not the easiest thing. It's to me, it's a lot easier to play right wing. Like that to me is not as big of a deal. So the fact that Coronado can do it either side gives a lot of flexibility down the road for what he might be. And I do think he can be a second or third liner, second if everything clicks right. And so far, things are going well for him. And you know he's going to be playing for harvard and that's that's good and he does care about his education so it could yeah. take a little longer because i would yeah. think he's going to go the two years and maybe he'll do that two-year accelerated thing in the summer you know how everybody does it and they get within like one semester yeah and they i'd love to try to do off. that at harvard <laughs> i know <laughs> that can't no, be but you know how guys do that and then they go back and they finish off one summer they just yeah. finish it off he'll probably yeah. try and do something like that accelerated well, program at harvard um just a uh, minute just to mix this in, because we yeah. you were asking uh, previously about what we think the percentages will be of yeah. teams. Uh, Five thirty eight, the uh, Nate Silver mm -hmm. website that does a lot of uh, you know political stuff, but also now is mixed into uh, probability for sports. Uh, they have the Calgary Flames as a fifty four percent likelihood to make the playoffs, and a two percent likelihood to win the stanley cup yeah they're doing our thing interesting so they still are they still are getting our thing yeah so what what are your what, 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 yeah i would say, i would say about i would say about i would say about 50. And, i would say 47 like that's what i'm comfortable with and um i don't think they have any chance of winning the cup i'd say one percent mm. you know that's 101 chance yeah i would say 44 percent chance to make the playoffs but I think that um, I would, and I would say, like you know, I would give them two percent chance. Let's just say this: I can't wait to watch Flames Oilers because those teams truly hate each other. No, they do hate each other, and I I do think though you have to really like this division is not this division is getting is getting ripped apart so much. Everyone's like, oh, this is the worst division in hockey because only two teams made the playoffs last year from this division, right? That's what everybody's talking about. Like when, because the divisions were different, yeah. obviously. So only two teams in this division made the playoffs, but there's, that's because a couple teams had really off years last year. And I mean, I don't think there's any way Vancouver's not making the playoffs. I think the three, the three top teams in this division are almost, are, are all set. And I think that the battle here gets, you know, because I think, I really think it's, I think it's Vancouver, Edmonton and Vegas. And after that, I think, it gets really it's not going to be easy between Calgary and LA. I think that I honestly think that both of those teams have have the have the ability to do something here. Um, you know, I really do. I, I, I think I see I, I think Vancouver has a better chance of making the playoffs than Edmonton. I'm really sour on Edmonton in terms of their goaltending and their mm, defense. I wouldn't say that yet. No, I'm not ready for that. 
I like some of the moves that they made, and, and in the preseason, Edmonton's looked pretty good with those moves. I think that they did some smart yeah. things. I think I, they're in I'll the answer, wrong right direction. I can give one answer and answer two things in the chat room. I I do like Coronado skating. Obviously, I did talk about yeah. him being fast, and I think three to four years. I think that's what we're we're looking at for him to to get to the NHL. Um, somebody uh, somebody texted me to answer this question real fast. Um, they texted me this question. Um, are we surprised that Morgan Frost was sent down? Um, this is a big thing, you know. Okay, yeah, I, I good... talked just yesterday about this, so, and I, how I thought Morgan Frost was going to be a big factor. I in was surprised. I, I'll yeah. tell you why. I was surprised because if you told me Morgan Frost was going to play as good as he did defensively and be good on faceoffs, yeah, last year's Russ Cohen would have said, "Yeah, he's making the team." And even this year, I thought he would make the team. Yeah. If they're really sending him down to kind of jumpstart his offense. Well, the whole team's not scoring. So why yeah. is this kid kind of getting singled out and saying, well, yeah, just show us some offense in, in Lehigh, and then we'll bring you back up. Like, there are guys with the Flyers that aren't showing us offense. I know. I feel like this is a. I feel like this is something where the coach and the GM are on different pages, too. I get the – just from talking to people around, like, okay. that the GM really – I think – I really think that the Flyers GM thought Frost was – going to be a, a flyer this year like that the, he, he this was his year to be a, even before hayes was hurt i heard that if, um, if he thought that he shouldn't have signed Derek broussard because i told mike the minute they signed Derek yeah. broussard that was going to make it harder for frost to play at the beginning of the year especially yeah. especially at center if they were going to move him to the wing yes. then maybe you'd still have a chance but yeah um, and all these like guys are healthy right now everyone's healthy right now so that's you know, except for Hayes, everybody else is healthy, right? So yeah, I don't think. Look again, people are talking about you know the the injury, the shoulder injury. Like, I had some conversation with his dad. I also have heard everything Morgan has said, and based on the way he rehabbed it in the off season, what I've seen out of him in this preseason, I don't think he's suffering anything. I don't think so any either. Effects from. I think he's fully rehabbed. I don't think I mean, that's the issue at all. I wish we had Anthony on because Anthony really disagreed with us in the chat yesterday. But I, I just think that no, no, we spoke to him after he he had two different kinds of sides with it. There was a side that felt like he was good defensively and did those other things, and there was the other side that felt like okay, maybe they just want more offense and give him some time in the AHL to get it. He he did see both sides of it. I mean, mm. I think where we we all kind of we, the two of us kind of differed from Anthony was well. What's your other option? You're gonna put Giroux at center now, or you're gonna put that's Scott Long? That's Lawton that's the thing to, because it, it ends up. That's with, where you, that's where you lose me. Yeah, because I really th then this is what I don't like about AV. One of the many things I don't like about AV, unfortunately, is this whole thing of screwing up all your lines because somebody's hurt. Like you know, like yeah. the the reality is, Frost plays for Hayes right now. That's my opinion, and everything else stays the same. Just keep everybody else you where they have are. Done that. Just keep everybody else where they are and let that because that's your best lines. Those are your best lines. You you've determined those are your best lines. It's obvious that Giroux and Couturier work very well together, you know, and connecting is great. That's a great line. That's an NHL first line right there. No question mm -hmm. to ask, right? Oh. Um, but but the second you break that up, you really don't have a, a number one line in Philly. They won't break it up to start the year. They'll probably start Lawton at center. And it looks like Jackson Cates has made the team who plays hard. Again, I think A V was looking for as many guys that played hard rather than the upside for scoring act that's my feeling um might be the 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 nhl changed the waiver wire this year now comes out at about two o'clock so at the end of the show it, it's perfect for us to to get those little uh nuggets uh russ uh, of the players waived yesterday the san jose sharks claimed uh jonah gad gajovic or gadjevic yeah gadjevic 
Yeah, who, if you look at it, he scored 15 goals in 19 games with Utica last year. I know the AHL stats are skewed because the goaltending was terrible, but still almost scoring at a goal per game pace, even in the American He's high. He's not a great skater. He's not yeah. a great skater. He's good around the net, and he and he has some toughness, but he's not a great skater. I think that's why. So, you know, he's, he'll get a shot with San Jose, it looks like. You know, to answer Funky, if Nate Thompson plays 20 minutes a night, the Flyers are not a playoff team. No. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I just they think that I, they need scoring. Like, and the, the, the reality is, like, Russ, I'm with you, that they just need scoring, and, they, and he is a scorer. You need and, potential for scoring. Even if it yeah. doesn't happen – so the more you limit that, the worse it's going to be. The Flyers haven't scored anything in the preseason. Sure, maybe the first game they break out and they score a bunch of goals, but I think they're going to have to score four, four goals every time Martin Jones is in net on average. And you're going to need somebody with therapy to like really to, to make that happen. Yes. Like, I mean, that's the other thing. And, you know, the only guy I see like the able to, you know, it, unless you're putting Giroux as your second line center with therapy, um, right. I don't see any of the other centers being 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 able to help Farabee, who could be their best goal and, and that's what may happen after a few games act that may be the change that gets made yeah and that's where i thought frost and Farabee had something well that would look pretty good together like, i thought when they played together they I had a, so. they had a really nice chemistry and Farabee got some goals and and i mean i, I know you know they wanted frost to score goals but he's not you know they wanted Giroud to score goals early on too and he didn't do that either so it's like this, I, I will say this JV, jvr looks a lot faster than yeah. even last year but He's still got to prove it to me that he scores goals at the right time, but his speed looks really good. He does, he does, and when and when when JVR is on and confident, he's a totally different player. Um, you know, oh, he yeah. has, he's like he becomes like the guy who was legitimately you know in the talk for being the top pick in the draft when he's playing that way. Um, when he yes. plays that way, but he doesn't always play that way. But when he does, and he's he's he kind of reminds me of um of uh. Keith Primo that way, you know, like that Primo and when Primo was on is when Primo was on, he was ridiculously on and JVR is the same yeah. way. He's like when he's on, he's ridiculously on and they have the ability. I'd say JVR has better hands and obviously Primo. Was yeah, he does. But they can both, they can both take over games at times. Um, If they, yeah. won't, if they, you know, if they're on, but they're not often on, Um, you know, and, and, or for long stretches of time, I, I really, I really want JVR to, to succeed and i think that he i think he feels like he got a new lease on life because i think he really fully thought he was going to be in seattle um I, yeah, I, think, I think you're right and i think that him being back here it, it just gives him a chance you know because he's been moved around a lot in the last few years and i think he's, he likes it in philly i think that's a place where he feels comfortable this first you know the team that put, tech, picked him in the beginning and i think that he you know it, it, it's going to be uh it's going to be good for him yeah and to team. answer the question for funky I don't think JVR is as good as Primo either. I think X just pointing out there's some similarities at times. Similarities in the way they play, mo with mo the way momentum can drive them. That's what I'm trying to say. Like the, they have, like they have this thing where they can get on a roll and then suddenly look a lot better right. than they did the last game they were played. You know, it's, and then yes. and then they can disappear again for sure. But there, yeah. there were there were there were like playoff series that Primo would dominate back. You know, when he was at his best, and there were you know not just games but playoff series. You know, and 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 I've also seen JVR do that at times. So we'll see. We'll see for sure. Um, I guess that's all the time we have for today, folks. Um, we will be back again tomorrow on Friday. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please subscribe.